Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Hello, welcome to Film Fandango, the film podcast. I'm David Reed. Uh, this is Danielle Ward. All right. And this is Marek Larwood. Hello, Marek. Hello there. How are we all this week? It's very muggy, isn't it? It's very <laughs> muggy. Yeah. I'm quite sombre this week. Right. How come? Because of um, the weather mainly. Mm. Don't you like muggy weather? Not really. It makes me feel quite sombre. And I thought it might add a new sort of different tone to the podcast. Like a, a, a backstory. A back, I like it. I like the weather like this. But I Why do you like it? Melancholy person. Because there's about to be a storm. I love that. Just like in all films. Just like in the front of my pants. <laughs> there's nothing yep. better than writing during a storm. Or doing anything during... Or being in bed during a storm. Trying to bring a Frankenstein monster to life during a storm. There's no better time. Or birthing except, a new calf. Except when I'm playing golf, maybe. It's quite bad to do in a storm. Not if you're really trying to uh, get to the end of your training montage. Being a, or, or being... A, or sailing or being on a cross-channel ferry. There are a couple of things. Yeah, I guess. I guess. Well, listeners, those are things not to do in a storm. <laughs> We've been to the cinema this week. Now, who's been to see what? Lots of people went to see lots of different films. That's the beauty of cinema. It is. Do you want to talk about your film first? Sure. I went to see um, Behind the Candelabra. Um, oh, yes. Oh, yes. Uh, which is about the life of Liberace. Well, it's a specific chunk of the life of Liberace. Um as in uh, the relationship he had with a young man by the name of Scott. Uh, Liberace is played in this film by Michael Douglas and young... Famously not gay, as we all know. Famously not gay Michael Douglas. He's got cancer. And his lover... um, There's some beautiful mimes being done in this room right now. Uh, His lover is uh, played by the famously not gay Matt Damon. Um, There are loads of famously not gay people. His teen lover is played by 43-year-old Matt Damon. Matt Damon is 43? Yeah. Wow. He is looking all right. And it's a Steven Soderbergh movie, I should say. We've talked about his films before in context of Haywire, I believe, is the most recent one we talked about. But um, Wasn't it that one with... um the one with Catherine Zeta-Jones is the sleep doctor. And Channing Tatum. Oh, was that... That yeah. was Soderbergh as well. Yeah. We've talked about a lot of Soderbergh. I then, thought he said we? that was going to be his last film. He's done this one rather quickly. He said this one, this is his last film, and it was made for telly, but it got a cinema release over here. Oh, because HBO made it. Yes. HBO made it because, um, in the words of the press release, Hollywood said it was too gay. 
um, even though he made Magic Mike, uh, which is it's not gay, but it's you know homoerotic, I guess. Um, Anything with a man on it that can give another that can engorge another man. Mm. <laughs> it's, I keep on thinking. Of, I keep on thinking about that. Our listener who's like eleven years old. Before I say anything now, and I realise this at the start. Of this po- Hello, welcome to Film Fandango, the film podcast. I'm David Reed. Uh, this is Danielle Ward. All right. And this is Marek Larwood. Hello, Marek. Hello there. How are we all this week? It's very muggy, isn't it? <laughs> it's very muggy. <laughs> yeah. I'm quite sombre this week. Right. How come? Because of um, the weather, mainly. Mm. Don't you like muggy weather? Not really. It makes me feel quite sombre. And I thought it might add a new sort of different tone to the podcast, like a, a, a backstory. A back, I like it. I like the weather like this. But I why do you like it? A melancholy person. Because there's about to be a storm. I love that. Just like in all films. Just like in the front of my pants. <laughs> there's nothing yep. better than writing during a storm. Or doing anything during, or being in bed during a storm. Trying to bring a Frankenstein monster to life during a storm. There's no better time. Or birthing except, a new calf. Except when I'm playing golf, maybe it's quite bad to do in a storm. Not if you're really trying to uh, get to the end of your training montage. Being a, or, or being a, or sailing or being on a cross-channel ferry. There are a couple of things. Yeah, I guess. I guess. Well, listeners, those are things not to do in a storm. <laughs> We've been to the cinema this week. Now, who's been to see what? Lots of people went to see lots of different films. That's the beauty of cinema. It is. Do you want to talk about your film first? Sure. I went to see um, Behind the Candelabra. Um, oh, yes. Oh, yes. Uh, which is about the life of Liberace. Well, it's a specific chunk of the life of Liberace. Um as in uh, the relationship he had with a young man by the name of Scott. Uh, Liberace is played in this film by Michael Douglas and young... Famously not gay, as we all know. Famously not gay Michael Douglas. He's got cancer. And his lover... um, There's some beautiful mimes being done in this room right now. Uh, His lover is uh, played by the famously not gay Matt Damon. Um, There are loads of famously not gay people. His teen lover is played by 43-year-old Matt Damon. Matt Damon's 43? Yeah. Wow. Um, he is looking all right. And it's a Steven Soderbergh movie, I should say. We've talked about his films before in context of Haywire, I believe, is the most recent one we talked about. But um, Wasn't it that one with um, the one with Catherine Zeta-Jones as the sleep doctor? And Channing Tatum. Oh, was that... That yeah. was Soderbergh as well. Yeah. We've talked about a lot of Soderbergh. I then, thought he said we? that was going to be his last film. He's done this one rather quickly. He said this telly. one, this is his last film, and it was made for telly, but it got a cinema release over here. Oh, because HBO made it. Yes, HBO made it because, um, in the words of the press release, Hollywood said it was too gay, um, even though he made Magic Mike, uh, which is it's not gay, but it's, you know, homoerotic, I guess. Um, Anything... With a man on it, that can give another um, that can engorge another man. Mm. <laughs> it's, I keep on thinking. Of, I keep on thinking about that. Our listener who's like eleven years old. Before I say anything now, and I realise this at the start of this podcast. That's been why you've gone all sombre. Yeah. Is uh, it too gay for for an American audience, David? Oh no, I don't think so. Is it well, gayer than the? I don't want to belittle cage. an American audience. No, it's it's more. <sighs> Graphic isn't the word, but you you know, there's the birdcage is actually very sort of um, 
uh, restrained in terms of its uh, male-on-male affection. You know, because yeah. the couple are an old married couple, so they only really peck each other on the cheek every now and again and mostly just have cat fights. Like the French. Uh, like the yeah, Very much like the French. But there's a lot of sort of um, uh, naked flesh and uh, rolling around and snogging. And, in the Liberace? In Liberace, behind the candelabra. Is it as gay as queer as folk? I didn't see that. Um, I, I don't really want to just list things it's as gay as. I think, I think that would be... Uh, not doing the film justice. Um, uh, is it as liberal- gay as a quaffered poodle um, with pink, with pink, all its fur has been dyed pink? Definitely. There are about four quaffered poodles in this are film. They? Yeah. Um, in fact, that's how they met. Scott um, was an animal handler in, uh, in films, and when he met Liberace through their mutual friend Scott Bakula, um, he said, Oh, I could help your poodle with its blindness. And that's how they became friends. And then lovers, and then sort of surrogate parent and child as well. It, it gets very complicated. Um, What's Liberace's full name? Uh, oh. Or is it like Sting? It's just another No, name. no, it, Liberace is his surname. He's got a kind of obscure... Lionel. Um, Eastern probably. European. It's so, it's Thanks. like Vlad the Impaler Liberace or okay. something like that. And, and um, just for people who don't know, he was a famous pianist. And tell us a bit more about Very him. famous pianist, sort of a massive star before... Uh, Elvis and all of that. He's the era just before, uh, but had success way into the 80s. He ended up, um, he died in the 80s. Um, But famous for his enormously flamboyant uh, stage shows in which he, you know, he'd wear enormous flowing capes and uh, sequins and his pianos. You know, he'd he'd be driven in in a sort of Bentley on stage because his train trail was so long and everyone would be, you know, it's all incredibly what we now call, you know, camp stuff. But nobody suspected him as of being gay. He was incredibly popular with, with grannies. He was sort of the granny's favourite, but he was known as uh, Mr Showmanship. So he was just an incredible live pianist, basically. It's amazing how many things we overlook because someone is eccentric. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and it turns out it was staring us in the face the entire time. Um, Give us an example of that. <laughs> I can't think of any recent examples. There's probably things we are overlooking right now. But, you know, in the pe- future we'll people find that out used about. to think Elton John was gay and he did the same sort of thing. He came out on a big piano and that. Well, he's he's. I think Liberace's probably a... You know, influence for Elton John, isn't it? It's a very similar thing. But what I found about this film was the life of Liberace. I didn't know much about the man. I knew who he was, but I didn't know much about his uh, private life or history, uh, life story. I found that really interesting. Um, it's it's an odd film because it's incredibly well acted. Uh, Michael Douglas is really good as Liberace, and he sort of humanizes him enough, but he's still a sort of larger than life, very very odd man, very odd man. Um, and Matt Damon is incredibly likeable and really he's the heart of the piece you're on his side really and then the other people who kind of are scattered around the movie are all very good as well specifically Rob Lowe who plays his um, plastic surgeon who's very funny but it's sort of in in terms of its storyline it's a bit one dimensional it's just like the relationship's going well and then they mistreat each other and have a fight but in the end it's slightly happy even though he dies of AIDS. Is it a comedy? Yes. Comedy drama, really. It's a a character piece. 
at its heart. It's a character piece because there isn't much plot, really. It's just about the two of them. The entire thing is the two of them. And it's based upon the actual guy's um, autobiography as well. And I read of a, the same name behind the candelabra. I read a five-star review in the... I think it was a Telegraph. Yes, I'm reading right-wing papers. Yeah. Um, five stars, which is quite incredible from a film critic. Yes. He said it looked beautiful. It does. I thought, actually, it was quite artlessly directed which is um, surprising for Soderbergh who's usually you know does a lot with his shots I think he's he's and and a lot actually with non-linear time of kind of you're listening to the soundtrack of one sequence whilst watching very kind of uh, uh, in and out of focus shots of a different thing happening over the you know he does a lot this is very much a shot just covering the action really it's not it's stark, I'd say. It's beautiful. Like the 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 cinematography is, you know, it's the lighting is fantastic and the set dressing and art designs, you know, amazing. Probably just original. It's probably they know enough about the man that it's probably quite accurate. Um, but it's, um, yeah. I mean, I did I did enjoy it. I thought it it was wasn't everything it was trying to be do you think because it was made for tv that's why it was shot like that quite possibly i think it probably felt a bit like it had advert breaks built into it as well there's quite a bit of fading out yeah being elmo was i mean it's it's fine i really resent seeing that at the cinema i know literally fade to black every 11 minutes yeah um but (laughs) uh marrick's being wooed by buddy again oh bye yeah, I'm sorry I've sort of underwhelmed you with my chat about this this film, but it was sort of good, but not great. Um, but it's got such good reviews. Isn't it interesting? There aren't yeah. any homosexual actors in it. Isn't that strange? Well, aren't there? I think it, do- there? it almost feels... That, well, yeah, of course, but it almost feels like uh, that was a selling point of it, of watching heterosexual men try and be comfortable kissing each other. I don't know, it's... Very odd. I it, think it just seems odd that they didn't... Why isn't Rupert Everett in it? No, that's not what I mean. I just Alan mean Cummings. It's, it's odd, you know? Alan Cummings in it. Yeah, I mean, we could list them again. It wouldn't... <laughs> it's not really what I want to... Jump I think it's great this. these days that now everyone's homosexual. That is... Is that true? I didn't read that. I've... It, I'm, there's a press release coming out. <laughs> that everyone's a bit hom- homosexual. Okay. I think... I wouldn't be surprised if part of the reason it's got such good reviews is all the papers are going, See, we like gay people. I mean, like we really like them. Not just, not just. The, we really like them, and we like seeing them on the telly. Yeah, it's one of those films that's cool. I think films get momentum, don't they? Mm. Like it's cool to like a sort of Michael Douglas comeback film of him playing something quite camp and Matt Damon playing yeah. it. Yeah, and it's good to like. It's yeah, it's cool to like. But they, it. they've already Hollywood's already sort of uh, passed through the Brokeback Mountain barrier, so I don't know why. Um, Stop smirking. I don't know why this film is a problem for them. Um, you know, it isn't. I think that I. Do you know what I think? Probably the reason it didn't get picked up is because they didn't think there was a market. Doesn't have for a it. bit of. A, it doesn't have much of a plot. I read that they. It doesn't have much to say either. I don't yeah. need a plot for a character piece. You know, no. it, it is a claustrophobic them trapped in an enormous, in enormous luxury together, yeah. um, with a very imbalanced power relationship, and that's interesting in itself. But they don't do anything new with that you've seen everything that happens a thousand times um, the reason I'm this in the review I read of it they said that Michael Douglas should be up for an Oscar maybe for it and it hasn't been picked up by Hollywood and uh, lauded 
Yeah, mm. but they said there's a problem in Hollywood. I don't know about because uh, I don't know much about it. That Hollywood doesn't really like because of the HBO link. It was made yeah. for TV. They don't like the fact that a TV movie is getting all these plaudits because it sort of defeats they the whole object yes, of Hollywood. They like to define themselves as being b- bigger than TV and yeah. always will be. Yeah, yeah. Um, but you know, with the, the sort of budgets TV shows are being made on now, like bigger than Hollywood. Yeah, a lot of them. Where is the line? I mean, we can't even get it right in our blooming challenges. Oh, I'd like to point out, by the way, whoever said, oh, I wouldn't go and see this reboot because these famous it hasn't got famous people in it. What? So that's it now, is it? We've got to put Chayton, Tanning... Tanning, Tanning Chatham. <laughs> Channing Tatum and Jennifer Lawrence and everything. Otherwise, you won't get it. You, you are the reason that Hollywood is dying. Yeah, let's not forget that Bruce Willis started out in Moonlighting. This is a reference for those people who haven't been listening or skipped a podcast to, in our challenge, and we have to recast something, we have been um, picking... Uh, there's been a debate over people picking TV stars uh, ahead of TV movies. TV stars who have been in movies. No, I disagree. Yeah, it's not like you I'm can't picking... disagree they were in movies. Well, let they me read it. Okay, it's let not me read like it. I've picked... Um, uh, Gareth Bale to be in it. Okay, it? well, listen to this then. Listen he to would this, make then. a good Doctor Who, he though. He's a he's a Facebook uh, thing, uh, a message from Andy McAfee. He says this regarding the controversy a couple of weeks ago about TV actors being cast in film roles. I'd like to suggest a new rule. If you have to explain any particular actors are by describing their TV roles, they're deemed a TV actor rather than a movie actor and should be disqualified. No, also, I don't no, watch any of the same. I'm finished reading. I'm finished reading it. Yet. Also, Guys, I don't this, watch this any. This is really peaking, so I'm just going to have to cut it all. <laughs> don't just DP it. Also, I don't watch <laughs> any of the same shows as David, and therefore I don't know who any of them are. So therefore, you're wrong. Oh, oh, okay then. So now we're only allowed to go and see films with people that we've heard of in as well. Is that the rule I think now? You're changing the argument there. Um, idiot! You're all idiots. <laughs> Fuck you. There's an 11 year old child listening to this right now, and his parents I'll take him out of the room. <laughs> his parents, his parents have overheard that bit of it, and they've gone in and they said, Alex Wishart which is his name, which he wrote in last week, you're no lang- la- longer allowed to listen to this podcast. Why? Because Danielle Ward couldn't keep her filthy mouth shut. what film did you go and see this? Oh, how many Davids would you give? What's it's interesting. It? Candle Cake. Candle Cake. Behind the Candle Cake, um, I would give it six and a half Davids. Mm, six and a half Davids. It's an interesting all story, but it, all, it, all it made me uh, all it made me want to know is more. I wanted to see a better film about the same man. Do you know what I mean? I found it intriguing, but that's probably mostly his life is intriguing. Uh, I think the Candelabra Two might be better then. Yeah, maybe, but he does die of AIDS at the end. Oh, spoilers! Oh, okay. What did you go see, Mara? I went. I was on the Isle of Wight, so. The Isle of Wight uh, Cine World hasn't got particularly um, good choice. I would have liked to have gone to see behind, behind the Candelabra, but I was only left with one choice, really. Whistle down the wind. Um, <laughs> yes. Uh, and that broke halfway through, so I had to go and see After Earth. Oh. The Will Smith and Jaden Smith sci-fi film. Marek. Yeah, but I went with my brother and his um, stepson, who is 15, so that restricts you as well. Especially when you're not wearing any pants and trousers. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. Anyway. Um, After Earth, what's it about? Well, 
interesting it's one of those occasions where and this happens all the time where two similar films come out at the same time it's like Oblivion quite similar right um, I'll tell you what it's about uh, Will Smith is this sort of uh, aloof space commander who doesn't really engage with his family after the death of his daughter so he's got a bit of a strained relationship with his son Kitai played by Jaden Smith um, real son yeah so that should be quite easy for them to that, that out the backstory is the human race has been attacked by aliens and they've sort of, everyone's left Earth and these aliens could track humans because of the smell of their fear. Imagine that. Like an owl tracks not, a mouse through the colour of its urine. Yeah, well, it's not. I don't think it's urine or excrement based. I think it's just <laughs> a different sort of right. pheromone smell. Oh, right. Anyway, Will Smith became a big hero because he managed to override the feeling of fear because it's purely psychological. Of course it is. Can you imagine that? So he, so the, the monsters couldn't track him, so he killed lots of these monsters and became this big hero. Anyway, Will Smith comes back from a mission and his wife says, oh, you should take um, Jaden Smith along with you on your next trip so you can do a bit of father-son thing. Yeah. Oh, no. The blooming spaceship gets into a bit of a problem, doesn't it? You're joking. No. What, the, the toilet <laughs> gets bunged up. The toilet gets bunged up. Yeah, first of all, they think, him. oh, it's kitchen roll in the toilet roll. Yeah. That'll clear itself out. It doesn't. That of problem, all the missions it escalates. your son on. Yeah, it oh escalates. I'm not sure. I'm just I'm just guessing it was okay, kitchen yeah, roll. Yeah, right. Or some sort of bung up in the toilet, which made the spaceship crash and everyone <laughs> die. <laughs> yeah. So they're left on Earth, but it's an Earth that's evolved into a different Earth where it's really dangerous. And, this, and there was one of these monsters that smelt fear on the ship and it's escaped. Oh, bugger. Will Smith... Well, he also went out, weren't we? Wasn't he? I oh, know he's not. He's been injured, isn't he? So his son's got to go and find the other half of the ship to get this thing, to, so they can. Escape. Does Will Smith die? It's not about him dying. It's about his relationship with his son. But he does, and he, he can. Um, I can't, there's no spoilers. We've <laughs> okay. got to watch the spoilers. He can. Monitor, he can see everything his son sees. So he's almost like because of these. He's got this. Uh, Clock watch, sort of super watch, something super like that. Watch, okay. yeah. that. He can see everything his son sees and see what's going on around at the, from the spaceship control center. How old's his son? His son is, however, Jaden's old Jaden Smith is fourteen, fifteen. Oh, I wouldn't want to see everything boring. my fourteen-year-old son sees. Now this this film is <laughs> this film was directed by M Night Shyamalan. Oh, it was, wasn't it? Kept I that remember. Quiet. Yes, no, I remember being really surprised because normally he puts his name over everything. I think it's an incredible trip because. Air Night Shyamalan people hate because he basically you must have seen if you haven't seen Sixth Sense was good The Village was quite good and then it's been a massive falling down to but the happening it, and then the were, last airbender the worst the last airbender yeah um, and the devil did you see the devil I, I think the one he, the lift he wrote yeah. it yeah I, don't know if he I didn't mind that one actually it was alright I mean it was really obvious what the what the twist was I didn't Gotta get it twist. is there a twist in this uh not especially. Is he he doesn't have a director. Or he's just director. He's a writer director. He wrote it with someone else. But there's none of that. He normally puts himself in a cameo, a real self-aggrandizing cameo, yeah. when you want to punch him in the face. Is he the monster? Well, in real life, probably. <laughs> so everyone hates. So automatically, as soon as you say M Night Shyamalan, yeah. you just think I'm. Um, everyone gets their knives out. Yeah. It's so interesting, isn't it, that like, he he was at a time a director that could sell a film on his name and now... Fall from grace. And now he curses the film. Now he's had but to it, take his name off it. It's not just jealousy of success. He has made everyone hate him through his smuggery and then not producing good films. Because also, of the cameos, yeah. yeah. And also the... There's a twist! 
Can yeah. you, there's a twi- I'm cleverer than you. I've put a twist in this. Yeah. Film. But also, I think it's something about his films where he tries to give you a message about the human race and about these sort of. So, and you think, do you know what? I'll make my own decisions about the human race. Thanks, Shyamalan, whatever you name is. Have you seen The Knowing? The one about the trees. Oh, oh my gosh. They should have That's called it brilliant. Mark Wahlberg versus Trees. <laughs> that is such a brilliant film because of how bad it is. The Knowing's a Nicolas Cage one, isn't it? Oh, no, not the... Yeah, not the knowing. Not it's, the knowing. Uh, happening the happening, happening yeah. But it's supposed to, it was supposed to be in B-movie happening. It was supposed to be really happening. Cause I remember watching it happening going, is this, is this real? Am I w- really watching this film? Really? It's incri- is it not meant to be a B-movie? No, because when you watch it, you think Mark Wahlberg isn't that bad. Yeah. And yet he's doing one of the worst performances in the history of mankind. Yeah. But because it was it's supposed to be like a B-movie. Well, yeah, they're supposed to be acting like that. I, I know, basically, M. Night Charlemagne you probably if you listen to this you probably think he's a dick as well we should get back to the film yeah yes so I'm interested now so because of the sorry question no no I mean no go ahead because I knew it was by M. Night Charlemagne immediately my it's a weird thing happened in which my expectations just dropped by tenfold yeah so I just thought this film is going to be awful or it's going to annoy me or there's going to be him coming down from the clouds as God telling me how to live my life none of that really happened and it's just an average film like on RMDB it's got 4.8 which I think is unnecessarily harsh really? I think it, I I think it's pro- I give it 6 Mariks but it's really generous because I was expecting but I think cause my expectations were so bad yeah, yeah. I, think, the same I think it's Oblivion probably suffered in the States as well because they've had far more of the Will and Jaden Smith uh, media circus uh, promoting it, yeah. where he's just been going on on all of these programs with his son because they want to talk to Will Smith, and then he's been pu- pushing his son in front of everybody. That's going, he's a film star too. That, I and think everyone ki- hates them. They hate them for I it. Might ki- I think Jaden. They do a weird thing at the start. Jaden Smith is narrating what's they do happening. A rap. They do not do a rap. <laughs> it's uh, Carlton from uh, Fresh Prince. I isn't wish it? he was. It'd be brilliant if Carlton was in it. Give him a film. I'm not sure I'd watch what happened to Carlton as spin <laughs> Dave's old flatmate is exactly like a white Carlton. He it's is amazing. like a white Carlton. Wow. Which is weird because Carlton's like a, a white <laughs> dude. Uh, that so was, his, that was the joke. So it, basically what Daniel's saying is I'm friends with a white man. Wow. You've got a white friend? Yeah, yeah. That is so 2013. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, so this film... I feel Jake. They, I couldn't work out whether they were trying to put on this weird space future voice, whether it was a mesh of accents, or it was just really bad acting. You oh, know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. That's annoying sometimes. Because Jaden Smith at the start of it, I spoke to my um, nephew and my brother. Went, could you understand what Jaden Smith was actually saying? Surely, the opening start of the film, when you're introducing it, doing a narrative thing, you should be able to understand what the main character is saying. And he hasn't. I feel sorry for him because. He's, I think he's going to grow up to hate his dad because his dad is Will Smith's quite good. I think Will Smith is a good actor. I he think is, he's watchable he's yeah. and he's charismatic. His son hasn't got that. But and also, his son never also, gets to have sex with Will Smith, which is always going to be the thing that. What? <laughs> what? What are you saying? What? Do you, what, what do you mean? What happened to your? What? <laughs> What's going on? I mean, <laughs> no, but what? like Will Smith's really attractive, and everybody else in the world get would. Can potentially have sex with Will Smith apart from his son. But Dave's got a flatmate. Other flatmate looks exactly like a white Will Smith. No, Carlton. White no, Carlton. but the other one. Oh, yeah, yeah, that other one, yeah. So you secretly fancy Dave's old flatmate? No, no, no. I don't no. understand what's happening. 
carry on. You just you just said that it's it must be terrible that a son can't have sex with his dad. Not a son. Being Jaden Smith, you're the only person in the world that doesn't get to fantasise about having sex well, with I, his he's dad. Also Tom got Cruise two, won't let himself either. He's also got fair. two of the children, so they let him. <laughs> yes, true. <laughs> what are you saying? About? This is getting cut. Um, no, leave this in. <laughs> this is um, the interesting stuff. Um, I think that it's hard enough being a child star and being is. liked, but to have to go on... Um, on a publicity drive with your dad when you're trying to establish yourself as an actor must be really embarrassing. There was a big thing on British TV you may have seen where uh, Will Smith came on and, and he sat when he, he on the Graham Norton show. Oh yeah, and Carlton prom- came out. Yeah, previously they did it last time uh, when Will Smith imp- it was an impromptu uh, singing of Fresh Prince of Bel Air. They weren't got six million hits yeah, on YouTube. Yeah. This time they did it, as, as and uh, Jazzy Jeff came out yeah, and they it was started, all, and it was then Carlton came out and yeah. did a dance. Oh. It was all staged. It was two stage. It was. Yeah. And Jaden Smith hasn't got. I don't even know anything about him. So he's like a sort of little robot. Yeah, dressed up little robot. A robot Will Smith. But someone sucked out all the personality. But I think I think Will Smith sucked out all the personality because I yeah. get the feeling he's a really overbearing father, and he just he just doesn't see. You wouldn't have any space to grow into if he was telling you how to be a good person all the time. Mm. It's one of those people who's not... Those people who are nice all the time. Yeah. To everyone. I don't Do trust those think people. Jaden Smith will become a serial killer? I think he'll become like turning to Simon Fielder. <laughs> I don't know who that is. He's an obscure British comic who's always nice to everyone. <laughs> that was just for me and Danielle Redrick. <laughs> well... Uh, so that's it. it was it. I mean, it was just. Is is there is After Earth supposed to be a pun on Afterbirth? No, right. It's just off. I don't. It's just average. It's just the steady decline of M Night Shyamalan. I think he oh, should. It sounds go, like he's had a bit of a bit of a rise. rise. Yeah. No, because apparently um, there's a website, and I forgive me, I forget what it's called, where uh, that charts uh, Rotten Tomatoes scores. And uh, you can see a graph of people's careers. And M. Night uh, Charlemagne was, I think, almost unique in having such a high one. And then incrementally, every single one was lower than the previous one. Yeah. Poor M. Night Charlemagne. He could have just, he could have been a, a, a god if he'd have just walked into a bus after, as soon as after the premiere of Sixth Sense. Or, or he, could, he could be uh, completely unknown if he hadn't been lucky early on. Yeah. I got the twist in the sixth sense after about forty minutes. I didn't. Really, I did. No, someone really told me about it. it before I saw it. If, that was good of them. If ever no one speaks to a character in a film, I assume they're dead anyway. So you can't say it now. Everybody's seen the sixth sense. Not the eleven-year-old. He's got to wait another four years to watch that. I have a five-year spoiler rule. If a film's older than five years, you're allowed to talk about how it ends. Yeah, Marek, we have eight or nine other listeners we need to <laughs> consider as well. Yeah, over... So we should... If you are a listener and you want to... Come, well, we finished that bit of a review now, I yeah. suppose, didn't we? Yeah. The main thing you want to... It's now... If you listen, it might have already have happened. <gasps> but Film Fandango Live is on Monday. Monday night! The 17th of June. Jesus wine! You can buy tickets at the. If you go to the. For, right, type the Forge Camden Film Fandango into Google and you can buy tickets 
please buy tickets to it because we might not do another one if we, you don't come. Yeah, we, like, if we don't sell enough tickets, we probably won't bother. And it will be your chance to be on the podcast as well. Yeah, so. we will go around and we'll talk to you about what you thought of the film Robocop and our own films and maybe any films. Go to the cinema this weekend so we don't have to. Also, see a film and then we'll talk about it on Monday with you. Yeah. And so next Jennifer week... Jennifer Lawrence might be there. Oh, Jennifer Lawrence will probably she be there. She might be there. I'm just, I'm just, she might be there. You've asked her. She might be there. Wow. I heard Wendy Wason might be there. Oh, then Jennifer won't come. Wow. Uh, <laughs> okay. So, um, also, next week's podcast, we're going to be discussing how we made our films, which you, you'll see online at be some online, point. Or you can see them first if you come to the Forge and Foundry. The premieres of them, providing all the equipment works okay. Yeah. And we'll be discussing Robocop. So you can watch that on Netflix as well if yeah. you haven't already seen it. And I will be dressed like one of the Night's Watch. <laughs> From Game of Thrones. Yeah. <laughs> Are you making TV references again to annoy Mary? It's like, it's like a film. It's like a really long film. It's called a TV fandango. Yeah. Um, TV tap dance. So instead of challenges... Right. We've got, we just read letters because there's, there's someone a letter here asking for recommendations. I mean, do you want to um, read it? Ooh, read it out. What accent shall I do? Mm. So, um, this is from James Cresswell, who is in the West Midlands. Uh, I'm going to do an East Midlands accent. Hello, <laughs> 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 um, uh, uh, Danielle, David, and Marek. Uh, I'm currently exploiting the Netflix month free trial to watch the new series of Arrested Development. I'd failed to predict though how, psycho- how psychologically overwhelming it would be to have such a massive choice of films available to me for the entirety of June. So, can you recommend me anything that there that on there that I should definitely watch without question before the month's over? I'd keep the subscription if I had more income, but it's such as Britain and all that. Also, as Twin Peaks is another critically acclaimed American TV series I'm currently watching through, through, <laughs> I, I thought it'd be in, quite interesting to see what you think of the feature-length prequel Fire Walk With Me, especially as, even by Lynch standards, it has a reputation for being particularly divisive. <laughs> Thanks to the podcast and for presumably reading this in a funny accent. I'm from the West Midlands, by the way, so there's a wealth of comedy to be mined in true historical Midlands style from that fact, James... Oh, thanks, James. What? And that accent Marit was, was amazed by that accent, <laughs> weren't you? That's not West Midlands. No, it's more of a kind of Nottingham Derby sort of accent. But Midlands is not Birmingham, not I know, I didn't go for that, but I, I told you before I started I was going to do East Midlands rather than West Midlands. <laughs> that sounded like it was Southern. No, 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 that was more Nottingham Derby. I don't um, even know there are places that are not. Should we talk about the things James said? I've not yes. seen Twin Peaks. I totally intend to, but I've not seen it. You are a big fan, aren't you, Dan? I really love Twin Peaks, even though even though I still am only about uh halfway through the second series, which is I just stop like I just even though it's on like Netflix, I've got the box set and I have to put them into a thing every time I want to watch it. I have to get it out of a box and put it into a machine every time I want to watch it. Um, when did it come out? Because I remember it, would be, it was so big when it came out, wasn't it? And I watched a few episodes. Mm. Really the f- early 90s. Yeah. So I haven't seen Firewalk with me because I don't want to see it until I've seen the whole... Of course, it's all the one That's what happened narrative. to... What's her name? To, what's her name? Lynn? Laura Palmer. Laura Palmer. That tells you the, 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 that conclusion, is it? Um, I think the conclusion is in the series. I don't like... I'm, I, I don't, like, see if I say I don't I've not know. seen any of it, so I don't want yeah, to Yeah, don't send us emails telling us who killed her. 
So, um, well, um, recommendations from Netflix. Anyway, yes, back to the original. Question. Yes, I've got a lot here. Have you? Yes. You've been looking through the catalogue. You can have a look for it while I quickly say mine, if you like. Yeah, you... There are loads of good films on Netflix. Um, here are Marek's recommendations. That's me. Headhunters by Joe Nesbo. Fantastic film. Uh, the Bader-Meinhof Complex. Not about, seen it. About a terrorist group in, um, I can't remember, in Germany. Germany. It's it brilliant. We watched it. We covered it before the conversation. We're Francis Ford Coppola's yeah, uh, less lauded masterpiece. The Raid is on there now. Okay. And Fairly drive. recently. It's Yes. And Drive. Both of those are... Uh, um, I also one of my favourite old films, uh, In the Heat of the Night, with Sidney Poitier. It is one of the greatest detective films ever. Oh, I um, love with, a detective with film. Rod Steiger. I think it's or Roy Steiger. He play. He gets an Oscar in the supporting role. I think as a police officer. That's brilliant. Downfall, where um, about Hitler's da- la- Albert as Albert Gantz or Alfred. I can't remember yeah, the actor. He's it's an amazing up to place. Probably the best portrayal of Hitler ever. Black Book, which is a very good war film. Glen Gary, Glen Ross, an acting masterpiece. And comedies, 21 Jump Street, and the other guys are on there. And documentaries, you can't go wrong with American Movie. Oh, brilliant. American One of movie. my absolute favourite all-time films ever is on Netflix, which is Midnight Cowboy, which I adore. I think it's one of the most beautiful films ever made. Um, yep, yeah, the Raid and Driver on there. Um, you've just taken it off from what I was having a look. So oh I dear! Could... We could remember three things. No, oh what you, this is the generation game. It's coming to Daniel and David looking on the internet now, and it's no. a bit of an argument. Um, oh yes, <laughs> uh, a film that I think is really good, um, even though it's got Gwyneth Paltrow in it, is the talented Mr. Ripley. I like Gwyneth Paltrow. <laughs> I'd like to be a friend in real life. Hmm. I think she'd be. I think she. I think she well probably uh, cooks good food. She's got a cookbook, isn't she? Oh, I see. She doesn't do oh, then I, I, gluten. I didn't wish to plug that. She doesn't do gluten. No, not really. Desperado's on there. Desperado is fun. Um, There's loads of great loads films. Of stuff. We're not. We're not paid by them or anything. We just think you know. That's, that's a good. great thing. Just start watching. Just just start watching stuff. There's take a gamble on something. Yeah, and then, in fact, take a gamble on something and tell us to watch it. It's probably good. We've got more letters here. Um, this one is from Tom Mould, who is originally from Suffolk, but now resides in East London. So I will do him as South African. <laughs> <laughs> do you do everyone as South African? It's one of the accents. Oh, fine, I won't do him as South African. No, I like it. I'll do him as a pirate. Which would you prefer? South African, South African. pirate. <laughs> South African pirate. Daniel, David, American buddy. All right? I've been catching up on past podcasts, past podcasts, that's quite hard to say, of late, and just wanted to congratulate Merrick on his Norfolk accent from a few weeks back. Thank you very much. It was spot on. It reminded me of the instructor at the Swatham paintball venue. Anyway. The main point of this—that's e- what he says. The main point of this email was to say that I really appreciate you guys covering European films, both as new releases and retro, respectively. I wanted to suggest that you should also look to countries that aren't renowned or prominent, for example, France, Spain, Scandinavian countries. Maybe they're the ones that you're saying look beyond France, Spain and the Scandinavian countries. Oh, OK, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, those are more prominent, aren't they? Yeah. So we should look for some Austrian cinema or maybe Latvian. 
There's a good Russian film called Kolya, K-O-L-Y-A, which won the best, won an Oscar for best foreign film a few years ago. You should watch that. Anyway, sorry, carry on. I wanted to suggest two titles that I greatly enjoyed. Bullhead 2011 from Belgium slash Netherlands and Breathing 2011 from Austria. Both are great examples of feature directorial debuts. If you do get around to watching them, I hope you enjoy them as much as I did. Keep up the good work, guys. Best, Tom Bolt. P.S. Following on from my previous tweet, I wanted to reiterate that Buddy is still my favourite character. Thanks, boy. What do you mean? What do you mean by that? Yeah, but the actor who plays him is a dick. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. M. Night Shalaman plays Buddy in this podcast. <laughs> he does. And he drinks water loud. I've got a short letter from Brendan Stevens from Hereford. What's Her- Hereford's quite sort of, but it's below it's the surf. Kind of, um, it's a bit Walesy, a bit Bristol-y. Bristol's like that, that isn't it? Bristol's. Yeah, Bristol, Wales. Hi, Danielle Merrick. Spelt my name wrong. And David. <laughs> um, my film suggestion of the week. 23rd Furniture, written and directed by Lena Burnham, with real life mother and sister playing the same roles in the movie. And you can tell, top performances. You can rent on Blinkbox. No advertising. You can rent it on unnamed website. <laughs> <laughs> After we've talked about Netflix for from 10 minutes. Two pound, for £2.49. Good example of rambling US indie comedy drama rather than that totals along nicely. Cheers, Brendan from Hereford. Freelance graphic designer. We've seen Tiny Furniture. Yeah, it's good. I think I recommended it. it. Yeah, it was the one that led to the TV show Girls. It's a good, it's a really good film. They filmed it all on a Canon 7D. Low budget. I'm really fascinated by this. Probably everyone else is bored by it. If you're bored by it, well, I'm bored by you. Thanks a lot, Bob. Well, thank you for your letters. If you'd like to get in touch, um, then do email us, dearfilmfandango at gmail.com. Or, even better, write it uh, on a piece of paper and come and bring it to us at the Forge and Foundry on Monday, 17th of June, and hand it over to us. There'll be tickets on the door, so if you don't internet then how are you listening to this? But if you don't internet, just come on down. You'll be more than welcome. Have a drink with us. But not on us. Not on us, no. Yeah, but near us. Near us. Um, uh, Yes. Or if you're lazy, just leave a message on our Facebook wall if you want to get in touch. Um, Facebook.com forward slash Film Fandango. Yeah, just take, take, take and don't give anything back for the work we put in. Yeah, if you'd like to do that, then you can also tweet us at Film Fandango. So we had to watch a film this week. We did have to watch a film this week. Um, who recommended this film? It was Fabrice Ferrer, the French Fabrice. guy. Fabrice. Oh, hello. Of course, Fabrice. It was me, <laughs> Fabrice. Um, we watched a film called Primer. Now, who would like to explain the plot? <laughs> <laughs> I had to write it down too. There are some guys. They find out that they can. Travel through time. Okay, don't jump ahead. Um, that's sort of it. But if the bit we can actually explain is there are some guys who, sort of extracurricular from their work, are doing R&D in a garage. There's four guys who are trying to find a way of uh, reducing the weight of computer components so they'll run faster. And inadvertently, they discover a strange form of time travel. Which is the time travel between two points. A and B. A and B. You can only travel between these two points, but the something about how long you're in a box. Yeah, it's, it is possibly the most difficult film to follow. Here's my argument for this film. It's a, it's a low-budget film that was made in 2004 by, by writer, director, producer, 
actor. Oh, did the music, did the editing. For $7,000, yeah. it is incredible. I think that's an incredible achievement. Yeah. And it got really big um, because I would argue this is not a one, it's not a one-sitting film. So you see, you think, oh, 79 minutes is a quite a short film. Yeah. You can't possibly understand it, 79 minutes. I didn't know what the hell was going on. No. Because what you're seeing is, um, you need to watch it two or three times to understand it or read about it. So you watch it once you go, because what you're seeing is, after the time travel has taken place, the last, um, you're seeing the last record after like maybe three or four different time travel People, yes. people have come back in time and changed things and changed things again and changed things again. You're seeing the last record of that. So in order to understand that, you need to watch the film and mm. watch it again. So it's impo- I think it's impossible to review on one, one review. One reviewer said anyone who claims to understand what's going on in Primer after one sitting is either a savant or a liar. Um, now, I would say that um, I'm not an idiot. I've studied physics. I studied mathematics at university. Mm. And I found this film dull. I did not enjoy it. I sat through it. And I I don't mind watching a film I don't completely understand. I don't mind an author that's trying to do something interesting and original. Equally, I don't mind... Um, I don't dislike a film because I don't understand it either. I dislike this film because I thought it was a really complicated idea thrown at a screen and really badly plotted as a piece of cinema. It's it's interesting, isn't it? Because the the clever, you know, thing that might excite a mathematician on paper, you know, the idea of if I do plot all of this out as if it was real life and then mix it all up so that it is a puzzle but it does actually make sense is that actually entertaining for an audience and I would say no I didn't find it entertaining Uh, what uh, what um, my brother watched uh, this with us and and we found it quite funny the idea that you invent time travel and you do things as boring as these people do with the invention of time travel. They are the most tedious people you could ever meet. They don't emotionally react to anything that happens at all. Um, at any point, they just sort of babble on inanely about the everything. See, I, I'm sort of going to play the opposite to what you thought. Because the tone of it is it's unlike any other film because you're so used to being almost spoon fed films you're spoon fed the plot this doesn't tell you that this is an important bit no and there's bits so what you're you're watching a film that's been changing time so there are allusions to what might have happened i.e. I won't do a spoiler but at the party but, something big happened that has been changed um, and, and they don't tell you what the big moments are you have to sort of pick up on them and everything's at the same le- level of tone yes. whether it's because they are not Hollywood actors but I quite enjoyed the fact it's just a, it's like what a detective puzzle mm. that you have to watch two or three times and it's not the conventional way of watching a film it's a completely different way of watching a film you just sit, watch the film go right I half understand that oh, I read think, something on the internet yeah, and then go I, back I concede it's a noble experiment I, I didn't enjoy the, their results um but I don't. I don't think I'm in a position to judge this film until I've watched it two or three times and it sort of worked out and I was quite, I think, well, good for you. You're doing something different with film. Yeah. And a low budget. We're judging this against big Hollywood blockbusters, you know, and all yeah. the films we... This is like a, a bloke's made this himself on a camera, a literally a cheap camera he's hired for £5,000. 
and it's interesting and people are still talking about it t- today nine years later this low budget film has become a cult film so I think you've got to applaud that sure I didn't enjoy it <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's you know, I'm not, I'm not disagreeing with anything you say. I did not enjoy the experience of having to sit there for what felt like three hours. It really, it um, feels so long. That's the thing, I don't... Like, you, the, you, we didn't know anything about the characters. Like, no. The, the, we didn't, because they're not emotionally reacting any, to anything, you're right, it probably makes logical sense that all of the... They emotionally react in large ways to the things that go wrong. So when they've gone back and changed them again, they're now being methodical and precise in the exact same way they approach their work. Um, But that means you never get to see them be different. And so you don't know how they feel about anything. They only seem to just get a bit tired... That, that's that's really watching, the entire journey of the characters is they get tired when you're watching um, something you don't know you think this is, this seems a bit weird yeah because you don't know what about uh, that this character's from <laughs> something yeah. that's about to happen in the future so it just feels like you're watching a weird scene so they never changed clothes or you know, yeah which makes it even harder like just any signifiers that wouldn't belittle it they wouldn't spoon spoon feed you it at all it was just like this is I, it's just sort of interminable it doesn't feel like it's under 90 minutes at all you know it it drags like crazy it really i mean i i find the early scenes dull before the time travel even i think the first it goes on for but it feels completely different to anything i've oh yeah yeah absolutely no i agree i agree i think you know it's if you want to see something you haven't seen then undeniably you know sit down stick it on yeah Um, no it it really i may but the thing is while I completely take your point that it's a film that needs to be watched more than once, it probably does. But I have no desire to watch it again. Like I don't, I don't care about it enough to want to. It's not like, it's not even like Memento that you know. Once you finish, you think, oh wow, I'd, I, you know, you want to watch it again because you want to know what you've missed. Fan of Primer, I don't want to revisit it. And that, if I've not got, a, if I've not got a complete experience from the film, and I don't want to watch it again. Surely that's a, a bit of a fail. Yeah, I, I didn't even understand the basic time travelling concept, if I'm honest. <laughs> I couldn't get my head around the whole, you know, six hour thing, and yeah, I, yeah. I couldn't even work that out. So I stuff was happening. I, the, the, one of the. Because you, you were looking this up, weren't you? The, the yeah. guy who wrote it was also a script editor, or he helped out the script of Looper. No, they, he was thanked in Looper. That's all it was. Thanked they thanked him in the it. credits of Looper. And I, one of the problems I had with Loop was I think it gets too bogged down with its own physics. And sometimes you want to go, look, we've already taken the leap of faith that you can travel through time. You do not have to explain to me yeah. why this is theoretical. Can't you just possible. do Back to the Future? <laughs> I mean, and again, not for dumb reasons, but it, it sort of it takes if you if they if they'd made great characters and it was interesting and I wanted to know more about it and you give me all of this amazing yeah. physics stuff that's great but I sort of felt that there's too much physics and mathematics and not enough they, not enough heart uh, for me it was it has it's so um, claustrophobic what they create with this that if you're creating a claustrophobic film it has to be a character piece and I thought they were carbon copies of one another and they were both boring people and I thought that was its biggest crime I, it's it's quite possible that this structure would have been fascinating if we were watching two people we could engage with but I just really did, I don't think that's the actor's fault I think it's I think it's the the writer, director, actor um, 
choreographer King. King. Do you um, think that added to the realism though? For me, it made it seem like it almost sure like, it was as real as watching boring people talk after work. Like I, I, I don't go to films for you know pure realism. What's the point? I don't see the point of doing that. Like it's, they. They invent time travel, and all they can think to do is safely play the stock market so they don't change anything so they can make some money. Then they don't spend any of that money. They don't do anything with it. And then one of them has a slight flight of fancy as he gets out of control, but he might punch his boss and then undo it so he didn't. And that's as dangerous as they get. And I'm just like, this is dull. There's that big thing we find out. I don't know. I, I... I, my jury's still out on this film. I can't even give it a mark. Right. Because I don't think it's fair to give it a mark because I don't think it's like watching half a film watching it once, probably. No, I mean, you're absolutely right. We, we shouldn't give it a mark because to rate it against proper budgeted professional films is, is not right. It's not right because it's this is a home project. No, but even even you have to be able to judge it on one sitting. Yeah. I don't think it's meant for that. It's almost meant for... It's meant for two sittings yeah. does it mean to be able to review it properly I think I don't want to have to do that again I'm going to force you to <laughs> oh I'm not watching it again <sighs> life's too short Marek life's too short he's made another film there's a tweet here from the other film was meant to be brilliant isn't it Neil Bastardo <laughs> at Colonel Witch who says haven't seen Primer but have seen Shane Carew's follow up Upstream Colour which was brilliant to keep an eye out for it it's not out yet I think it was, out in the, was at, the festival was out in the cinema but he filmed that on um, a Panasonic GH2 which cost about £500 wow so he's quite an indie filmmaker yeah I absolutely, you know, absolutely applaud the fact and I think it's good that we've I'm glad I've seen it but I don't want to watch it again I think it, it shows there's a real dearth in intellectual films you know that because that's still there aren't that many sort of clever like Memento not many puzzling films around are there oh I don't know I think there are and I think it's like what I think to go well exactly like now it sounds like you're saying oh you didn't like Primer because you didn't get it I'm not saying I did get it I didn't like it (laughs) I I think you know I I don't know for me films are a storytelling medium and I didn't think the story was well told in this I thought it was just handing you the pieces and going, you sort it out. If you go back in time, would you still watch it? Um, yes, because otherwise my ear will start bleeding for some reason that doesn't come to anything. Yeah, but I'd make sure I had more peanut M&M's. <laughs> more peanut M&M's. Mm. Not a yog this time. No yog. Tried making a homemade yog, but it didn't work. No yog for you. Um, well, that was Primer. And that was the podcast. That was the podcast on this, the last podcast before the live show on June the seventeenth. Um, so we hope to see you there. We're very excited. Our films will be finished, fingers crossed, and we will buy some cheese. We'll probably be drunk already by the time you arrive, oh, right, guys? I am going to be absolutely wankered. I'm going to start now. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we'll be back next week with uh, more films. So, in the meantime, keep watching the films. Bye. 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 Yeah. Um, in fact, that's how they met. Scott um, was an animal handler in, uh, in films, and when he met Liberace through their mutual friend Scott Bakula. 
um, he said, oh, I could help your poodle with its blindness. And that's how they became friends. And then lovers, and then sort of surrogate parent and child. as well. It, it gets very complicated. Um, What's Liberace's full name? Uh, oh. Or is it like Sting? It's just another No, name. no, it, Liberace is his surname. He's got a kind of obscure... Lionel. Um, Eastern probably. European. It's so, it's and like Vlad the Impaler Liberace, or okay. something like that. And just, um, and just for people who don't know, he was a famous pianist, and tell us a bit more about Very him. famous pianist, sort of a massive star before... Uh, Elvis and all of that. He's the era just before, uh, but had success way into the 80s. He ended up... um, He died in the 80s. Um, But famous for his enormously flamboyant uh, stage shows in which he, you know, he'd wear enormous flowing capes and uh, sequins and his pianos. You know, he'd be he'd be driven in in a sort of Bentley on stage because his train trail was so long and everyone would be, you know, it's all incredibly what we now call, you know, camp stuff. But nobody suspected him as of being gay. He was incredibly popular with with grannies. He was sort of the granny's favourite, but he was known as uh, Mr Showmanship. So he was just an incredible live pianist, basically. It's amazing how many things we overlook because someone is eccentric. Yeah, absolutely. Um, And it turns out it was staring us in the face the entire time. Um, Give us an example of that. (laughs) I can't think of any recent examples. There's probably things we are overlooking right now. But, you know, in the pe- future we'll people find that used well. to think Elton John was gay and he did the same sort of thing. He came out on a big piano and that. Well, he's, he's I think Liberace's probably a, you know, influence for Elton John, isn't it? It's yeah. a very similar thing. But what I've, I found about this film was the life of Liberace, I didn't know much about the man. I knew who he was, but I didn't know much about his... Uh, private life or history, uh, life story. I found that really interesting. Um, it's It's an odd film because it's incredibly well acted. Uh, Michael Douglas is really good as Liberace and he sort of humanises him enough but he's still a sort of larger than life. Very, very odd man. Very odd man. Um, And Matt Damon is incredibly likeable and really he's the heart of the piece. You're on his side really. And then the other people who kind of are scattered around the movie are all very good as well specifically Rob Lowe who plays his um, plastic surgeon who's very funny. But it's sort of in terms of its storyline it's a bit one dimensional it's just like the relationship's going well and then they mistreat each other and have a fight but in the end it's slightly happy even though he dies of AIDS is it a comedy yes comedy drama really it's a, it's a character piece at its heart, it's a character piece because there isn't much plot, really. It's just about the two of them. The entire thing is the two of them. And it's based upon the actual guy's um, autobiography as well. And I read Of a, the same name, Behind the Candelabra. I read a like, five-star review in the... I think it was a Telegraph. Yes, I'm reading right-wing papers. Yeah. Um, five stars, which is quite incredible from a film critic. Yes. He said it looked beautiful. It does. I thought, actually, it was quite artlessly directed which is um, surprising for Soderbergh, who's usually, you know, does a lot with his shots, I think. He's, he's and, and a lot actually with non-linear time of kind of, you're listening to the soundtrack of one sequence whilst watching very kind of uh, uh, in and out of focus shots of a different thing happening over the time. You know, he does a lot. This is very much a shot, just covering the action, really. It's not, 
it's stark i'd say it's beautiful like the 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 cinematography is you know it's the lighting is fantastic and the set dressing and art designs you know amazing probably just original it's probably they know enough about the man that it's probably quite accurate um but it's um yeah i mean i did i did enjoy it i thought it it was wasn't everything it was trying to be. Do you think because it was made for TV, that's why it was shot like that? Quite possibly. I think it probably felt a bit like it had advert breaks built into it as well. There's quite a bit of fading out. Like yeah. Being Elmo was. I mean, it's it's fine. I really resent seeing that at the cinema. I know. Literally fade to black every eleven minutes. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> uh, Marek's being wooed by Buddy again. Oh, Buddy. Yeah, I'm sorry I've sort of underwhelmed you with my chat about this this film, but it was sort of good, but not great. Um, but it's got such good reviews. Isn't it interesting? There aren't yeah. any homosexual actors in it. Isn't that strange? Well, aren't there? I think it's aren't a, there? it almost feels... That, well, yeah, of course, but it almost feels like uh, that was a selling point of it, of watching heterosexual men try and be comfortable kissing each other. I don't know, it's... Very odd. I it, think it just seems odd that they didn't. Why is it Rupert Everett in it? No, that's not what I mean. I just Alan mean Cummings. It's, it's odd, you know. Alan Cummings in it. Yeah, I mean we could list them again. It wouldn't. <laughs> it's not really what I want to. Jump I think it's great this. these days that now everyone's homosexual. That is. Is that true? I didn't read that. I've. It, um, there's a press release coming out. <laughs> that everyone's a bit hom- homosexual. Okay. I think I wouldn't be surprised if part of the reason it's got such good reviews is all the papers are going. See, we like gay people. And we like we really like them. Not just not just the, we really like them, and we like seeing them on the telly. Yeah, it's one of those films that's cool. I think m- films get momentum, don't they? Mm. Like it's cool to like a sort of Michael Douglas comeback film of him playing something quite camp and Matt Damon playing yeah. it, and it's good to like. It's yeah, it's cool to like. But they, it. they've already Hollywood's already sort of uh, passed through the broke back mountain barrier, so I don't know why. Um, Stop smirking. I don't know why this film is a problem for them. Um, you know, it isn't. I think that I. Do you know what I think? Probably the reason it didn't get picked up is because they didn't think there was a market. Doesn't have for a it. bit of. A, it doesn't have much of a plot. I read that they. It doesn't have much to say either. I don't yeah. need a plot for a character piece. You know, no. it, it is a claustrophobic them trapped in an enormous, in enormous luxury together, yeah. um, with a very imbalanced power relationship, and that's interesting in itself. But they don't do anything new with that you've seen everything that happens a thousand times um, the reason I'm this in the review I read of it they said that Michael Douglas should be up for an Oscar maybe for it and it hasn't been picked up by Hollywood and uh, lauded yeah mm. but they said there's a problem in Hollywood I don't know about because uh, I don't know much about it that Hollywood doesn't really like because of the HBO link it was made yeah. for TV they don't like the fact that a TV movie is getting all these plaudits because it sort of defeats they the whole object yes, of Hollywood. They like to define themselves as being b- bigger than TV and yeah. always will be. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, you know, with the, the sort of budgets TV shows are being made on now, like... Bigger than Hollywood. Yeah, a lot of them. Where is the line? I mean, we can't even get it right in our blooming challenges. Oh, I'd like to point out, by the way, whoever said, oh, I wouldn't go and see this reboot... 
because these famous it hasn't got famous people in it. What? So that's it now, is it? We've got to put Chatin Tanning 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 Chatum. Channing Tatum and Jennifer Lawrence and everything otherwise you won't get it you you are the reason that Hollywood is dying yeah let's not forget that Bruce Willis started out in Moonlighting this is a reference for those people who haven't been listening or skipped a podcast to in our challenge when we have to recast something we have been um, picking uh there's been a debate over people picking TV stars uh, ahead of TV movies. stars who have been in movies. No, I disagree. Yeah, it's not like you I'm can't picking... disagree they were in movies. Well, let they me were read in movies. Okay, it's let not me like read I've it. picked um, uh, uh, Gareth Bale to be in it. Okay, <laughs> it? well, listen he to this then. He would listen. make a good Doctor Who, though. He's a, he's a Facebook uh, thing, uh, a message from Andy McAfee. He says this regarding the controversy a couple of weeks ago about TV actors being cast in film roles. I'd like to suggest a new rule. If you have to explain any particular actors are by describing their TV roles, they're deemed a TV actor rather than a movie actor and should be disqualified. No, also, I don't no, watch any of the same. I haven't finished reading it. I haven't finished reading it yet. Also, I don't watch any of the. This is really peaking, so I'm just going to have to cut it all. <laughs> don't just deep peek it. Also, I don't watch <laughs> any of the same shows as David, and therefore I don't know who any of them are, so therefore you're wrong. Oh, oh, okay then. So now we're only allowed to go and see films with people that we've heard of in as well. Is that the rule now? I think you're now? changing the argument there. Um, Idiot, you're all idiots. <laughs> Fuck you. There's an 11 year old child listening to this right now. And his parents. I'll take him out of the room. <laughs> his parents. His parents have overheard that bit of it, and they've gone in and they said, "Alex Wishart, which is his name, which he wrote in last week, you're no lang- la- longer allowed to listen to this podcast. Why? Because Danielle Ward couldn't keep her filthy mouth shut." Marek, what film did you go and see this? Oh, how many Davies would you give? What's it's it? interesting. Candle cake. Candle cake. Behind the candle cake. Um, I would give it six and a half Davids. Mm, six and a half Davids. It's an interesting all story, but it, all, all, it, all it made me uh, all it made me want to know is more. I wanted to see a better film about the same man. Do you know what I mean? I found it intriguing, but that's probably mostly his life is intriguing. Uh, I think the Candelabra too might be better then. Yeah, maybe, but he does die of AIDS at the end. Oh, spoilers. Okay. What did you go see, Mara? I went. I was on the Isle of Wight, so the Isle of Wight uh, Cine World hasn't got particularly um, good choice. I would have liked to have gone to see behind, behind the Candelabra, but I was only left with one choice really. Whistle down the wind. Um, <laughs> yes, uh, and that broke halfway through, so I had to go and see After Earth. Oh, the Will Smith and Jaden Smith sci-fi film. Marek. Yeah, but I went with. My brother and his um, stepson, who is 15, so that restricts you as well, especially when you're not wearing any pants and trousers. Okay. Anyway. um, After Earth, what's it about? Well, interesting. It's one of those occasions where, and this happens all the time, where two similar films come out at the same time. It's like Oblivion. Quite similar. Right. Um, I'll tell you what it's about. Uh, Will Smith is this sort of uh, aloof space commander who doesn't really engage with his family after the death of his daughter. So he's got a bit of a strained relationship with his son, Kitai, played by Jaden Smith. Um, his real mean, son. Yeah. So that should be quite easy for them to act that out. The backstory is the human race has been attacked by aliens and they've sort of, everyone's left Earth. And these aliens could track humans because of the smell of their fear. 
Imagine that. Like an owl tracks not, a mouse through the colour of its urine. Yeah, well, it's not. I don't think it's urine or excrement based. I think it's just <laughs> a different sort of right. pheromone smell. Oh, right. Anyway, Will Smith became a big hero because he managed to override the feeling of fear because it's purely psychological. Of course, it is. Can you imagine that? So he, so that the monsters couldn't track him. So he killed lots of these monsters and became this big hero. Anyway, Will Smith comes back from a mission. And his wife says, oh, you should take um, Jaden Smith along with you on your next trip. So you can do a bit of father-son thing. Yeah. Oh, no. The blooming spaceship gets into a bit of a problem, doesn't it? You're joking. No. What, the, the toilet <laughs> gets bunged up. Toilet gets bunged up. And first of all, they think, him. oh, it's kitchen roll in the toilet roll. And yeah. That'll clear itself out. Doesn't the and problem? All the missions just escalates. To take your son on. Yeah, it oh escalates. I'm not sure. I'm just. I'm just guessing it was okay, a kitchen yeah, roll yeah, right. or some sort of bung up in the toilet, which made the spaceship crash and everyone <laughs> die. <laughs> yeah. So they're left on Earth, but it's an Earth that's evolved into a different Earth where it's really dangerous. And this, and there was one of these monsters that smelt fear on the ship and it's escaped. Oh bugger! Will Smith. Well, he'll sort it out, won't we? Won't he? Oh, no, he's not. He's been injured, isn't he? So his son's got to go and find the other half of the ship to get this thing to, so they can... Escape. Does Will Smith die? It's not about him dying. It's about his relationship with his son. But he does, And he, he can... Um, I can't, there's no spoilers. We've <laughs> okay. got to watch the spoilers. He can monitor, He can see everything his son sees. So he's almost like... Because of these... He's got this... Uh, Clock watch, sort of super watch, something super like that. Watch, okay. Yeah, he can see everything his son sees and see what's going on around at the, from the spaceship control centre. How old's his son? His son is whoever Jaden's old Jaden Smith is, fourteen, fifteen. Oh, I wouldn't want to see boring. everything my fourteen-year-old son sees. Now this this film is <laughs> this film was directed by M Night Shyamalan. Oh, oh, it was, wasn't they it? Kept I that remember. Quiet. Yes, no, I remember being really surprised because normally he puts his name over everything. I think it's an incredible trip because. Ernest Shyamalan people hate because he basically you must have seen if you haven't seen Sixth Sense was good The Village was quite good and then it's been a massive falling down to but the happening if, if and then the were, last airbender the worst the last airbender yeah and, and the devil did you see the devil I, I, I think the lift yeah I didn't mind that one it. actually it was alright I mean it was really obvious what the what the twist was I didn't Got get it twist. is there a twist in this Uh not especially. Is he he doesn't have a director. He's just director. He's a writer director. He wrote it with someone else. But there's none of that. He normally puts himself in a cameo, a real self-aggrandizing cameo, yeah. where you want to punch him in the face. Is he the monster? Well, in real life, probably. <laughs> so everyone hates. So automatically, as soon as you say M Night Shyamalan, yeah. you just think I'm. Everyone gets their knives out. Yeah. It's so interesting, isn't it? That, like, he he was at a time a director that could sell a film on his name, and now. Fall from grace. And now he curses the film. Now he's had but to it, take yeah. his it's name off. It's not just it. jealousy of success. He has made everyone ha- hate him through his smuggery and then not producing good films. And because also, of the cameos, yeah. yeah. And also, the, there's a twist. Can yeah. you, there's a twist. I'm cleverer than you. I've put a twist in this yeah. film. But also, I think there's something about his films where he tries to give you a message about the human race and about these sort of... And you think, do you know what? I'll make my own decisions about the human race, thanks, Shailaman, whatever the your knowing. name is. The Knowing. Have you seen The Knowing? The one about the trees. Oh, oh my gosh. They should have called it brilliant. Mark Wahlberg versus trees. <laughs> that is such a brilliant film because of how bad it is. The Knowing's the Nicola Cage one, isn't it? Oh, no, not the... Yeah, not the Knowing. Not it's the Knowing. Uh, the Happenings. The Happening, people try. yeah. But it's supposed to, it was supposed to be in B-movie Happening. It was supposed to be really happening. I remember watching Happening going, is this, is this real? Am I w- really watching this film? Really? It's incri- not meant to be a big No, because when you watch it, you think Mark Wahlberg isn't that bad. Yeah. And yet he's 
doing one of the worst performances in the history of mankind. Yeah. But because it was it's supposed really to be like a beam well, movie. Yeah, they're supposed to be acting like that. I, I know. Basically, M. Night Shyamalan. You probably, if you listen to this, you probably think he's a dick as well. We should get back to the film. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so I'm interested now. So because of the sorry question. No, no. I mean, no. Go ahead. Because I knew it was by M. Night Shyamalan. Immediately, my it's a weird thing happened, in which my expectations just dropped by tenfold. Yeah. So I just thought this film is going to be awful or it's going to annoy me, or there's going to be him coming down from the clouds as God telling me how to live my life. None of that really happened, and it's just an average film. Like, on IMDb, it's got 4.8, which I think is unnecessarily harsh. Really? I think it, I, I think it's... Pro- I give it six marics, but it's really generous, because I was expecting... But I think cause my expectations were so bad. Yeah. yeah. It's I just think, the same I as think Oblivion. I probably suffered in the States as well, because they've had far more of the... Will and Jaden Smith uh, media circus uh, promoting it yeah. where he's just been going on on all of these programmes with his son because they want to talk to Will Smith and then he's been pu- pushing his son in front of everybody That's going he's a film star too that, I and think everyone hates ki- them they hate them for I it ki- I think Jaden they do a weird thing at the start Jaden Smith is narrating what's they happening they do a rap they do not do a rap <laughs> It's Carlton uh, from uh, Fresh Prince. I wish it? he was. It'd be brilliant if Carlton was in it. Give him a film. I'm not sure I'd watch what happened to Carlton as skinner. <laughs> Dave's old flatmate is exactly like a white Carlton. He it's is amazing. like a white Carlton. Wow. Which is weird because Carlton's like a, a white <laughs> <laughs> dude. Um, that so was, his, that was the joke. So it, <laughs> Basically what Daniel's saying is I'm friends with a white man. <laughs> wow. You've got white friends. Yeah, yeah. That is so 2013. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, so this film, I thought, Jake, they, I couldn't work out whether they were trying to put on this weird space future voice where it was a mesh of accents or it was just really bad acting. You know oh, what I mean? Yeah, yeah, that, yeah that's annoying sometimes. Jaden Smith, at the start of it, I spoke to my um, nephew and my brother and went, could you understand what Jaden Smith was actually saying it? Surely the opening start of the film, when you're introducing it, doing a narrative thing you should be able to understand what the main character is saying and he hasn't I feel sorry for him because he's I think he's going to grow up to hate his dad because his dad is Will Smith's quite good I think Will Smith's a good actor I he think is, he's watchable he's yeah. and he's charismatic his son hasn't got that but and also, his son never also, gets to have sex with Will Smith which is always going to be the thing that what? <laughs> what? What are you saying? What, you, what? What do you mean? What happened to your what? What's going on? I mean, <laughs> no, but what? like, Will Smith's really attractive, and everybody else in the world get would can potentially have sex with Will Smith for his son. But Dave's got a flatmate. Other flatmate looks exactly like a white Will Smith. No, Carlton. White no, Carlton. but the other one. Oh yeah, yeah, that other one. Yeah. So you secretly fancy Dave's old flat, flatmate? No, no, no. I don't no. understand what's happening. Carry on. You just you just said that it's it must be terrible that a son can't have sex with his dad. Not our son. Being Jaden Smith, you're the only person in the world that doesn't get to fantasise about having sex well, with his dad. Well, Tom got Cruise two, won't let himself either. He's also got two of the children, so they let. Yes, true. <laughs> what are you saying? About? This is getting cut. Um, no, leave this in. <laughs> this is um, the interesting stuff. Um, I think that it's hard enough being a child star and being is. liked, but to have to go on. Um, on a publicity drive with your dad when you're trying to establish yourself as an actor must be really embarrassing. There was a big thing on British TV you may have seen where uh, Will Smith came on and, and he sat 
when he, he on the Graham Norton show. Oh yeah, and Carlton prom- came out. Yeah, previously they did it last time. Uh, when Will Smith, in, it was an impromptu uh, singing of Fresh Prince of Bel Air, and they weren't got six million hits on yeah, YouTube. Yeah. This time they did it. And uh, Jazzy Jeff came out, yeah, and they started, all, and then all, Carlton came out and yeah. did a dance. Oh. It was all staged. It was two staged. It was. Yeah. And Jaden Smith hasn't got. I don't even know anything about him. So he's like a sort of little robot. Yeah, dressed up little robot. A robot Will Smith. But someone sucked out all the personality. But I think I think Will Smith sucked out all the personality because I yeah. get the feel he's a really overbearing father, and he just he just doesn't see. You wouldn't have any space to grow into if he was telling you how to be a good person all the time. Mm. He's one of those people who's not those people who are nice all the time. Yeah, to everyone. I don't Do trust those think people. Jaden Smith will become a serial killer. I think he'll become like turning to Simon Fielder. <laughs> I don't know who that is. He's an obscure British comic who's always nice to everyone. <laughs> that was just for me and Danielle Redrick. <laughs> well, uh, so that's it. it was. It, I mean, it was just. Is is there is After Earth supposed to be a pun on Afterbirth? No, right. It's just off. I don't. It's just average. It's just the steady decline of M Night Shyamalan. I think oh, he should sounds go. like he's had a bit of a, a bit of a rise. rise. Yeah. No, because apparently um, there's a website, and I, forgive me, I forget what it's called, where you, uh, that charts uh, Rotten Tomatoes scores, and uh, you can see uh, a graph of people's careers. And M. Night uh, Shyamalan was, I think, almost unique in having such a high one, and then incrementally every single one was lower than the previous one. Yeah. Poor M. Night Shyamalan. He could have just. He could have been a a, a god if he'd have just. Walked into a bus after as soon as after the premiere of Sixth Sense, or or he could he could be uh, completely unknown if he hadn't been lucky early on. Yeah, I got the twist in the Sixth Sense after about forty minutes. I didn't. Really, I did. No, someone really told me about it. it before I saw it. If, that was good of them. If ever no one speaks to a character in a film, I assume they're dead anyway. So. You can't say it now. Everybody's seen the Sixth Sense. Not the eleven-year-old. It's got to wait another four years to watch that. I have a five-year spoiler rule. If a film's older than five years, you're allowed to talk about how it ends. Yeah, Merrick, we have eight or nine other listeners we need to <laughs> consider as well. Yeah, over. So we should, if you are a listener and you want to cut, well, we finished that bit of review, you know, I yeah. suppose, didn't we? Yeah. The main thing you want to, it's now. If you listen, it might already have happened. <gasps> but Film Fandango Live is on Monday. Monday night, the seventeenth of June. She's wine. You can buy tickets at the. If you go to the for, right, type the Forge Camden Film Fandango into Google, and you can buy tickets. Please buy tickets to it because we might not do another one if we, you don't come. Yeah, we, like, if we don't sell enough tickets, we probably won't bother. And it will be your chance to be on the podcast as well. Yeah, so. we will go around and we'll talk to you about what you thought of the film Robocop and our own films, and maybe any films. Go to the cinema this weekend so we don't have to and see a film, and then we'll talk about it on Monday with you. Yeah. And so next Jennifer week, Jennifer Lawrence might be there. Oh, Jennifer Lawrence will probably she be there. Might be there. I'm, I'm sure she might be there. You've asked her. She might be there. Wow. I heard Wendy Wason might be there. Oh, then Jennifer won't come. Wow. Uh, <laughs> okay. So, um, also next week's podcast, we're going to be discussing how we made our films, which you you'll see online at some online, point or you can see them first if you come to the Forge and Foundry the premieres of them providing all the equipment works okay yeah and we'll be discussing Robocops you can watch that on Netflix as well yeah. if you haven't already seen it and I will be dressed like one of the Night's Watch 
from Game of Thrones. Yeah. <laughs> He's making TV references again to annoy Marion. It's like it's like a film. It's like a really long film. You call it TV Fandango. Yeah. Um, TV tap dance. So instead of challenges, right? We've got, we just read letters because there's a quite there's someone a letter here asking for recommendations. I mean, do you want to um, read it? Ooh, read it out. What accent should I do? Um, this is from James Cresswell, who is in the West Midlands. Uh, I'm going to do an East Midlands accent. <laughs> um, uh, uh, hello, Danielle, David and Marek. Uh, I'm currently exploiting the Netflix month free trial to watch the new series of Arrested Development. I'd failed to predict, though, how, psycho- how psychologically overwhelming it would be to have such a massive choice of films available to me for the entirety of June. So, can you recommend me anything that there that on there that I should definitely watch without question before the month's over? I'd keep the subscription if I had more income, but it's such as Britain and all that. Also, as Twin Peaks is another critically acclaimed American TV series I'm currently watching through, through, <laughs> I, I thought it'd be in, quite interesting to see what you think of the feature-length prequel Fire Walk With Me, especially as, even by Lynch standards... It has a reputation for being particularly divisive. Thanks to the podcast and for presumably reading this in a funny accent. I'm from the West Midlands, by the way, so there's a wealth of comedy to be mined in true historical Midlands style from that fact, James. Oh, thanks, James. What? And that accent Marit was, was amazed by that accent, <laughs> weren't you? That's not West Midlands. No, it's more of a kind of Nottingham Derby sort of accent. Midlands is not Birmingham I know I didn't go for that but I told you before I started I was going to do East Midlands rather than West Midlands (laughs) that sounded like it was Southern no no No. that was more Nottingham Derby I don't even know there are places in Nottingham should we talk about the things James said I've not seen Twin Peaks I totally intend to but I've not seen it you are a big fan aren't you Dan I really love Twin Peaks even though even though I still am only about uh, halfway through the second series which is I just stop like I just even though it's on like Netflix I've got the box set and I have to put them into a thing every time I want to watch it I have to get it out of a box and put it into a machine every time I want to watch it um, when did it come out? Because I remember it, would be, it was so big when it came out, wasn't it? And I watched I a few it, episodes. Mm. Really the fun. early 90s. So yeah. I haven't seen Firewalk with me because I don't want to see it until I've seen the whole... Of course, it's all in one That's what happened narrative. to... What's her name? To Lit, what's her name? Lynn? Laura Palmer. Laura Palmer. That tells you that, that, that conclusion, is it? Um, I think the conclusion is in the series. I don't like... I'm, I, I don't, like, see if I say I don't I've not know. seen any of it, so I don't yeah, want to Yeah, don't send us emails telling us who killed her. So, um... Well, um... Recommendations from Netflix. Anyway, yes. Back to the original. Question. Yes, I've got a lot here. Have you? Yes. You've been looking through the catalogue. You can have a look for it while I quickly say mine, if you like. Yeah, you... There are loads of good films on Netflix. Um, here are Marek's recommendations. That's me. Headhunters by Joe Nesbo. Fantastic film. Uh, the Baden-Meinhof Complex. Not about, seen it. About a terrorist group in... Um, I can't remember, in Germany. Germany. It is brilliant. We watched it. We covered it before. The Conversation... We're Francis Ford Coppola's yeah, uh, lovely. less lauded masterpiece. The Raid is on there now. Okay, and fairly Drive. recently. It's yes, and Drive. Both on those there. are uh, um I also one of my favourite old films, uh, In the Heat of the Night, with Sidney Poitier, is oh, one of the greatest detective films ever. Oh, I um, love with, a detective with film. Rod Steiger. I think it's or Roy Steiger. Something. He play. He gets an Oscar in the supporting role. I think as a police officer. That's brilliant. Downfall, where. 
um, about Hitler's da- la- Albert, as Albert Gantz or Alfred, I can't remember yeah, the actor. What is it? He's it's an amazing actor who plays probably it. the best portrayal of Hitler ever. Black Book, which is a very good war film. Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross, an acting masterpiece. And comedies, 21 Jump Street and the other guys on there. And documentaries, you can't go wrong with American movie. Oh, brilliant. American One of movie. my absolute favourite all-time films ever is on Netflix, which is Midnight Cowboy, which I adore. I think it's one of the most beautiful films ever made. Um, yep, the Raid and Driver on there. Um, you've just taken it off me while I was having a look. So oh, I dear. Could... We could remember three things. No, oh, what you, this is the generation game. I'm just coming to Danielle and David looking on the internet now. And no. a bit of an argument. Um, oh, yes. <laughs> uh, a film that I think is really good, um, even though it's got Gwyneth Paltrow in it, is The Talented Mr Ripley. I like Gwyneth Paltrow. <laughs> I'd like to be a friend in real life. Hmm. I think she'd be. I think she. I think she well probably uh, cooks good food. She's got a cookbook, isn't she? Oh, I see. She doesn't do oh, no, no, I, gluten. I didn't wish to plug that. She doesn't do gluten. No, not really. Desperado's on there. Desperado is fun. Um, There's loads of great loads films. Of stuff. We're not we're not paid by them or anything. We just think you know. That that's the great thing. Just start watching. Just just start watching stuff. There's take a gamble on something. Yeah, and then, in fact, take a gamble on something and tell us to watch it. It's probably good. We've got more letters here. Um, this one is from Tom Mould, who is originally from Suffolk, but now resides in East London. So I will do him a South African. <laughs> <laughs> do you do everyone a South African? It's one of the accents. Oh, fine, I won't do him a South African. No, go on, I like it. I'll do him as a pirate. Which would you prefer? South African South pirate. African. <laughs> South African pirate. Daniel, David, medic and buddy. All right? I've been catching up on past podcasts, past podcasts, that's quite hard to say, of late, and just wanted to congratulate Medic on his Norfolk accent from a few weeks back. Thank you very much. It was spot on. It reminded me of the instructor at the Swatham paintball venue. (laughs) Anyway, the main point of this... That's what he says. The main point of this email was to say that I really appreciate you guys covering European films, both as new releases and retrospectively. I wanted to suggest that you should also look to countries that aren't renowned or prominent. For example, France, Spain, Scandinavian countries. Maybe they're the ones that you're saying look beyond France, Spain and the Scandinavian countries. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, those are more prominent, aren't they? Yeah. So we should look for some Austrian cinema or maybe Latvian there's a good Russian film called Kolya, K-O-L-Y-A, which won the best, won an Oscar for best foreign film a few years ago. You should watch that. Anyway, sorry, carry on. I wanted to suggest two titles that I've greatly enjoyed. Bullhead, 2011, from Belgium slash Netherlands, and Breathing, 2011, from Austria. Both are great examples of feature directorial debuts. If you do get around to watching them, I hope you enjoy them as much as I did. Keep up the good work, guys. Best, Tom Bolt. P.S. Following on from my previous tweet, I wanted to reiterate that Buddy is still my favourite character. Thanks, boy. What do you mean? What do you mean by that? Yeah, but the actor who plays him is a dick. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. M. Night Shyamalan plays Buddy in this podcast. He <laughs> <laughs> does. And he drinks water loud. I've got a short letter from Brendan Stevens from Hereford. What's Her- Hereford's quite a, sort of but it's below it's the sir. Kind of. Um, it's a bit Walesy, a bit. Bristly. 
Bristol sorry that, that isn't it? Bristol, yeah Bristol Wales hi Danielle Merrick spelled my name wrong and Dave David <laughs> my film suggestion of the week 23rd Furniture written and directed by Lena Burnham with real life mother and sister playing the same roles in the movie and you can tell top performances you can rent it on Blinkbox no advertising you can rent it on unnamed <laughs> after we've talked about Netflix for from 10 minutes two pound for, for £2.49 good example of rambling US indie comedy drama rather than that totals long nicely cheers Brendan from Hereford freelance graphic designer we've seen Tiny Furniture yeah it's good I think I recommended it. it yeah it was the one that led to the TV show Girls it's a good it's a really good film they filmed it all on a Canon 7D low budget I'm really fascinated by this probably everyone else is bored by it you're bought by it, but I'm bought by you. Thanks a lot, Bob. Well, thank you for your letters. If you'd like to get in touch, um, then do email us, dearfilmfandango at gmail.com. Or, even better, write it uh, on a piece of paper and come and bring it to us at the Forge and Foundry on Monday, 17th of June, and hand it over to us. There'll be tickets on the door, so if you don't internet, then how are you listening to this? But if you don't internet, just come on down. You'll be more than welcome. Have a drink with us. But not on us. Not on us, no. Yeah, but near us. <laughs> near us. Um, uh, yes. Or you, if you're lazy, just leave a message on our Facebook wall if you want to get in touch. Um, Facebook.com forward slash Film Fandango. Yeah, just take, take, take and don't give anything back for all the work we put in. Yeah, if you'd like to do that, then you can also tweet us at Film Fandango. So We had to watch a film this week. We did have to watch a film this week. Um, who recommended this film? It was Fabrice Ferrer, the French Fabrice. guy. Fabrice. Oh, hello. Of course, Fabrice. It was me. <laughs> Fabrice. Um, we watched a film called Primer. Now, who would like to explain the plot? <laughs> <laughs> I had to write it down to... There are some guys. They find out that they can travel through time. Okay, don't jump ahead. Um, <laughs> that's sort of it. But if the bit we can actually explain is there are some guys who sort of extracurricular from their work are doing R&D in a garage. There's four guys who are trying to find a way of uh, reducing the weight of computer components so they'll run faster. And inadvertently, they discover a strange form of time travel. Which is the time travel between two points. A and B. A and B. You can only travel between these two points, but the... Something about how long you're in a box. Yeah, it's it's possibly... The most difficult film to follow. Here's my argument for this film. It's a, it's a low-budget film that was made in 2004 but by writer, director, producer, actor... Star, did the music, did the editing. For $7,000. Yeah. It is incredible. I think that's an incredible achievement. Yeah. And it got really big um, because I would argue this is not a one, it's not a one-sitting film. So you see it and think, oh, 79 minutes is quite a short film. Yeah. You can't possibly understand it, 79 I didn't know what the hell was going on. No. Because what you're seeing is, um, <clears throat> you need to watch it two or three times to understand it or read about it. So you watch it once you go, because what you're seeing is, after the time travel has taken place, the last, um, you're seeing the last record after like maybe three or four different t- time travel People, yes. people have come back in time and changed things and changed things again and changed things again. You're seeing the last record of that. So in order to understand that, you need to watch the film and mm. watch it again. So it's impo- I think it's impossible to review on one One review, One reviewer said anyone who claims to understand what's going on in Primer after one sitting is either a savant or a liar. 
Um, now, I would say that um, I'm not an idiot. I've studied physics. I studied mathematics at university. Mm. And I found this film dull. I did not enjoy it. I sat through it. And I, I don't mind watching a film I don't completely understand. I don't mind an author that's trying to do something interesting and original. Equally, I don't mind... Um, I don't dislike a film because I don't understand it either. I dislike this film because I thought it was a really complicated idea thrown at a screen and really badly plotted as a piece of cinema. It's it's interesting, isn't it? Because the the clever, you know, thing that might excite a mathematician on paper, you know, the idea of if I do plot all of this out as if it was real life and then mix it all up so that it is a puzzle but it does actually make sense is that actually entertaining for an audience didn't and i would say no i didn't find it entertaining uh, what uh, what um my brother watched uh, this with us and i and we found it quite funny the idea that you invent time travel and you do things as boring as these people do with the invention of time travel. They are the most tedious people you could ever meet. They don't emotionally react to anything that happens at all. Um, at any point, they just sort of babble on inanely about the everything. See, I, I'm sort of going to play the opposite to what you thought. Because the tone of it is it's unlike any other film because you're so used to being almost spoon fed films you're spoon fed the plot this doesn't tell you that this is an important bit no and there's bits cause what you're, you're watching a film that's been changing time so there are allusions to what might have happened i.e. I won't do a spoiler but at the party but- something big happened that has been changed um, and, and they don't tell you what the big moments are you have to sort of pick up on them and everything's at the same le- level of tone yes. whether it's because they are not Hollywood actors, but I quite enjoyed the fact it's just a, it's like what a detective puzzle mm. that you have to watch two or three times, and it's not the conventional way of watching a film. It's a completely different way of watching a film. You just sit, watch the film, go right. I half understand that. Oh, I Read think on the internet, yeah, and then I, go I back. I concede it's a noble experiment. I I didn't enjoy the, their results, um, but I don't I don't think I'm in a position to judge this film until I've watched it two or three times and I sort of worked out. And I was quite, I think, well, good for you. You're doing something different with film. Yeah. And a low budget. We're judging this against big Hollywood blockbusters, you know, and all yeah. the films we... This is like a, a bloke's made this himself on a camera, a literally a, a cheap camera he's hired for £5,000. And it's interesting. And people are still talking about it t- today, nine years later, this low budget film has become a cult film. So I think you've got to applaud that. Sure, I didn't enjoy it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's you know, I'm not. I'm not disagreeing with anything you say. I did not enjoy the experience of having to sit there for what felt like three hours. It really, it um, feels so long. That's the thing. I don't. Like, you, you're the, you, we didn't know anything about the characters. Like, no. we didn't because they're not emotionally reacting any to anything. You're right. It probably makes logical sense that all of the they emotionally react in large ways to the things that go wrong so when they've gone back and changed them again they're now being methodical and precise in the exact same way they approach their work um but that means you never get to see them be different and so you don't know how they feel about anything they only seem to just get a bit tired that that's that's when really watching, the entire journey of the characters is they get tired when you're watching um, something you don't know you think this is, this seems a bit weird 
Yeah. Because you don't know what about uh, that this character's from <laughs> yeah. something that's about to happen in the future. So it just feels like you're watching a weird scene. They so never changed clothes or you know yeah. which uh, makes it even harder. Like just any signifiers that wouldn't belittle it. They wouldn't spoon spoon feed you it at all. It was just like this is I it's just sort of interminable. It doesn't feel like it's under 90 minutes at all. You know, it it drags like crazy. It, it really. I mean, I I find the early scenes dull before the time travel think, even exists. I think the first it goes on for, but it feels completely different to anything I've. Oh yeah, seen. yeah, absolutely. No, I agree. I agree. I think you know, it's if you want to see something you haven't seen, then undeniably, you know, sit down, stick it on. Yeah, um, no, it, it really. I may, but the thing is, while I completely take your point that it's a film that needs to be watched more than once, it probably does. But I have no desire to watch it again. Like I don't, I don't care about it enough to want to. It's not like, it's not even like Memento that you know. Once you finish, you think, oh wow, I'd, you know, you want to watch it again because you want to know what you've missed. Fan of Primer, I don't want to revisit it. And that if I've not got, a, if I've not got a complete experience from the film, and I don't want to watch it again. Surely that's a, a bit of a fail. Yeah, I, I didn't even understand the basic time travelling concept if I'm honest <laughs> I couldn't get my head around the whole you know six hour thing and yeah, I, I yeah. couldn't even work that out so I stuff was happening I, the, the, one of the because you were looking this up weren't you the, the yeah. guy who wrote it was also a script editor or he helped out the script of Looper no he, he was thanked in Looper that's all it was thanked they thanked him in it. the credits of Looper and I one of the problems I had with Looper was I think it gets too bogged down with its own physics and sometimes you want to go, look, we've already taken the leap of faith that you can travel through time. You do not have to explain to me yeah. why this is theoretical. Can't you just possible. do Back to the Future? <laughs> I mean, and again, not for dumb reasons, but it, it sort of, it takes, if, you, if, they, if they'd made great characters and it was interesting and I wanted to know more about it and you give me all of this amazing yeah. physics stuff, that's great. But I sort of felt that there's too much physics and mathematics and not enough, they, not enough heart. Uh, for me, it was... It has. It's so um, claustrophobic what they create with this that if you're creating a claustrophobic film, it has to be a character piece. And I thought they were carbon copies of one another, and they were both boring people. And I thought that was its biggest crime. I, it's potent, It's quite possible that this structure would have been fascinating if we were watching two people we could engage with. But I just really. Did, I don't think that's the actor's fault. I think it's. I think it's the the writer, director, actor. Um, Choreographer King. King. Do you um, think it added to the realism though? For me, it made it seem like it almost. Sure, like, it was as real television. as watching boring people talk after work. Like I, I don't go to films for you know pure realism. What's the point? I don't see the point of doing that. Like it's, they, they invent time travel, and all they can think to do is safely play the stock market so they don't change anything, so they can make some money. Then they don't spend any of that money. They don't do anything with it, and then one of them has a slight flight of fancy as he gets out of control that he might punch his boss and then undo it so he didn't and that's as dangerous as they get and I'm just like this is dull there's that big thing we need to find out the, I, do, I don't know I, 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 my jury's still out on this film I can't even give it a mark right? because I don't think it's fair to give it a mark because I don't think it's like watching half a film watching it once probably no I mean you're absolutely right we, we shouldn't give it a mark because to rate it against proper budgeted professional films is is not right it's not right because it's this is a home project no but even even to be able to judge it on one sitting yeah 
I don't think it's meant for that. It's almost meant for it's meant for two sittings. Yeah, what I mean to be able to review it properly. I, I think I don't want to have to do that again. I'm going to force you to. <laughs> oh, I'm not watching it again. Life's too short, Marek. Life's too short. He's made another film. There's a tweet here from... Other film was meant to be brilliant, isn't it? Neil Bastardo, <laughs> at Colonel Witch, who says, Haven't seen Primer, but have seen Shane Carew's follow-up Upstream Colour, which was brilliant. Keep an eye out for it. It's not out yet. I think it was at the festival. was out in the cinema. But he filmed that on um, a Panasonic GH2, which cost about £500. Wow. So he's quite an indie filmmaker. Yeah. I absolutely, you know, absolutely applaud the fact, and I think it's good that we've. I'm glad I've seen it, but I don't want to watch it again. I think it, it shows there's a real dearth in intellectual films, you know, that because that's still there aren't that many sort of clever like Memento, not many puzzling films around, are there? Oh, I don't know. I think there are, and I think it's. At what? I think to go well, exactly. Like now, it sounds like you're saying. Oh, you didn't like Primer because you didn't get it. I'm not saying that. I did get it. I didn't like it. <laughs> I, th- I think, you know, I, I don't know. For me, f- films are a storytelling medium. And I didn't think the story was well told in this. I thought it was just handing you the pieces and going, you sort it out. If you go back in time, would you still watch it? Um, yes, because otherwise my ear will start bleeding for some reason that doesn't come to anything. Yeah, but I'd make sure I had more peanut M and M's. More peanut M and M's. Not a yog this time. No yog. Tried making a homemade yog, but it didn't work. No yog for you. Um, well, that was Primer. And that was the podcast. That was the podcast on this, the last podcast before the live show on June the seventeenth. Um. So we hope to see you there. We're very excited. Our films will be finished, fingers crossed, and we will buy some cheese. We'll probably be drunk already by the time you arrive, oh, right, guys? I am going to be absolutely wankered. I'm going to start now. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll be back next week with uh, more films. So in the meantime, keep watching the films. Bye. 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 Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, 
Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.